This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, hello and welcome to another Albion Analysis. As you know, we weren't scheduled to record today. We weren't scheduled to record until we were doing the season preview on Sunday. But, well, blow me down with a feather. We've actually signed a football player. Would you believe it? So we, I had, we had to break ranks and, uh, and, and do, do another episode because well, we don't know whether when this is going to happen again, to be honest uh, with you. Um, so at the moment, it is me, Chris Hall, and I will be joined after the break by him, Pete George. But for, for now, I am delighted to say that I'm joined by journalist and Brighton fan, Catherine Dick, who is going to talk us talk to us about our new signing, Jeremy Sarmiento. So uh, Catherine, welcome to the pod. Hi, thank you for having me. My Looking pleasure. Looking forward to chatting. Well, yeah, as as are we, because we honestly we don't think we ever thought this day was going to come. We were we are the last team in the championship to sign a new player this summer, so we've waited a while for this one. But from what I hear on the grapevine from Brighton fans and what they've been saying, we it may have been worth the wait. We've got a good one, haven't we? Oh, he's a star. Um, I said before I might gush a little bit about him, but he is honestly one of the the brightest prospects that I think we have had in the past few years. And I, I think the there are maybe a few risks, but I think the reward is outweighs the risks. Would it be fair to say as well, because obviously he, he spent from uh, from March out injured with a metatarsal injury. Would it be fair to say if he hadn't got that injury, he, we probably wouldn't be getting him. He probably wouldn't be dropping down to the championship. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, 100%. I, I, I think that he was on the fringes of the first team and I think he would have broken into the first team. And with the sort of style of play that he has, he very much fits uh, Roberto De Zerbi's style. So I, I don't know if you would have had him back. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, I'm he seems a bit injury prone, but I don't think that will be the case. I think as long as he keeps injuries away, you've got a real star on your hands. 
Yeah, because it, it seems from what Roberto De Zerbi has said that that he wants the player to go out and play games, and obviously with the quality you have in those areas, he couldn't guarantee uh, he couldn't guarantee Sarmiento starts, which is which is understandable. You've just had an incredible season, and you've got some you've got some great players in attacking areas. So it 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 seems like De Zerbi believes that the fitness will come as long as Sarmiento can get though that that regular consistent run of games. Yeah, he said to the press last week that he thinks that Jeremy Sarmiento should get thirty five games a season. Um, I generally think that he, the more that he plays, the fitness will come his flair and his confidence will grow. And I think that's a big thing with him. I think he has tons of confidence even without the injuries. So I don't think you'll miss that too much. He's lethal when it comes to like confidence and flair and driving forward and on the attack and skinning players alive. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, I, I think he is a really good player. He's versatile. He can play in the middle on the left, on the right, depending on what Carl's car brand needs. But yeah, I, I think it's a, a good signing. Again, I'm sounding very, very positive, but I I I know that a lot of Brighton players, uh, a lot of Brighton fans are actually quite surprised that he has gone out on loan, but not not because he wouldn't get game time at Brighton, but because, like you say, it's sort of, he is so well-loved within the squad and within the club and that I'm happy that he is going out on loan just so he can, like you say, strengthen up. And I think in the championship, especially the level and the age that he is, he's got the potential to grow. And I think it's a good move for his career. You've mentioned a little bit about his style of play. Let's just build on that a little bit. What what are we what are we looking forward to? Because I'm I'm sort of hearing hints from what you're saying that we've got quite a direct player, a player that is very very attack minded, that is not afraid to to take players on. Would it be fair to say as well? He's he's got a good level of technical ability, a trick. He's he's going to be able to go past people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's very good in one one v one situations. We've seen it multiple times with Brighton. I wouldn't. I'd say he's very attack minded, but with an eye for goal. But he's more. I think Brighton have seen him sort of more as a assistant sort of player, where he's not selfish and he will give the ball to obviously it was Kerry Matoma, um, Alexis McAllister at the time. Obviously, he's now gone to Liverpool, but last season he was giving the ball away to Alexis McAllister, Matoma, Moises Casado. And it would just really, his sort of, the overall style, I think he plays the sort of number eight role, the number 10 role, depending on who's playing in the team. He's very, I'm trying to think of a comparison. <laughs> I don't like comparing players, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of a comparison. Um, I was, I was going to say Alexis McAllister-esque, but then I don't really know if that's fair because he's just won a World Cup and that's quite a big <laughs> name to put on his uh, shoulders. But I do think the sort of style that he has, it will translate across the championship and I think given the fact that the championship is slightly not a lower level but the you have more space a little Mm. bit in the championship I think that will do him well uh building on his technical abilities and I think it will really help him show off like the technical tricks and flicks and really help grow his confidence we we've seen players in the championship before come for a bit of experience uh, and and kind of almost look like they don't belong there in the sense that they are just you know they they're a cut above you had I I'm thinking of Diallo last season at Sunderland um I'm I'm thinking back to when we had Harvey Barnes for half a season do do you think this isn't this is another player that could 
go into the championship and almost have people wondering by sort of like November, December, what on earth is this guy doing in the championship? I don't really want to put this expectation on him, but yes, <laughs> um, I, I do think I do think that will happen. And I, I, I hope that it does happen for his career. Um, I think it would be a really good way for him personally as a player to go into the championship. And I think West Brom looks like a good setup as well to help sort of nurture him as a young talent. Um, so yeah, I, I do hope that happens, but even then he could still have, depending on injury and depending on fitness, he could still have a slow start as well. And that could have come the second half of next season. Um, but yeah, I think time will tell on that, but yes, I would like that to happen. <laughs> you mentioned his, his variety of positions. I mean, I, I saw from looking on transfer mark that, um, he played numerous positions for, for Brighton last season. I think he played a few games wide on the right, uh, a couple in the 10 and then quite a few sub appearances as well, playing on the left, cutting in on, on his right foot. I mean, he's, he, he appears to be, correct me if I'm wrong, but he appears to be quite heavily right footed. Um, yeah. uh, where do you think his best position is? Is he better on that right, getting down the line, centrally more more facing the goal, or or on the left, coming back in on that right foot? I'm just trying to think of examples, but I'm I I wouldn't limit him to a position. Um, I think centrally he was very good on the counter attacks because he would help with the counter and he would be the focal point in the middle for counter attacks but then on the other hand of that he would then do that on the right and then on the left it really just I think depends where you find him and during the game he's had a lot of freedom under Deserby and I think that is maybe something that if that continues I I think you'll have a good well-rounded player but I'm not too sure what his best position would be considering but I I think a wing would work and definitely I think the the right wing I think would be his best position. I've just said that I don't think he has best position, but now I've just talked myself into thinking, yeah, I think right wing would suit him, but I I don't think he should be sort of boxed into one position as well. I mean, it's interesting that as a championship club, you don't generally expect to get a player on loan who, um, whilst he only played, I think, 167 minutes for you in in the Premier League last season, still did get a, a decent number of Premier League minutes. And then on top of that, got three World Cup appearances as well. I mean, that's it, it's very surprising to get lent a player who's got that kind of those kind of credentials. For Albion fans who didn't see much of him either in the World Cup um, in Qatar or 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 for for Brighton last season, how did he show up in those two competitions? Because both obviously are incredibly high levels of football. How did, uh, how were his performances in the World Cup and in in the Premier League? So obviously out in Qatar he got three subbed appearances, I think, but the the appearances that he did have, the manager spoke very highly of him and the the effect that he did end up having on the game were to a high standard. And I think during the Premier League season as well, he sort of, he made Brighton fans feel excited. And I don't think, we haven't sort of had that with a youth player in a few seasons that we then haven't had a sort of, been stabbed in the back a little bit with, with Aaron Connolly obviously doing so well in his first season and then all of a sudden not doing so well. And I think he's now at Hull and he's back with us again. Um, But, I think he just makes you feel excited about football and and watching him, you just see the way that he plays and the way that he impacts a game and the way that he drags players out of position because he's not just good on the ball, he's good off of the ball as well. Like I, ju- I just think the way that he 
just moves the ball around and drives forward and with the game um I just think it's a really really exciting prospect and I think given the fact that he's I'm hyping him up this much I do think that providing again he stays injury fit and doesn't have any issues on that end I I do think that he will be a step above everyone else it sounds like from what you're saying that he has football intelligence as well, because you do tend to see some of these players who have unbelievable raw ability and uh, and crazy levels of skill mm-hmm. come into teams at a young level and they they they've clearly got the ability but they don't play with any any intelligence and they can leave they can leave gaps where they shouldn't leave gaps or 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 possibly their decision making is questionable you know whether to to cross or to shoot or to or to lay it off or 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 whatever Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound from what you're saying like we're particularly going to have that problem with him and he probably wouldn't have been trusted as much in the premier league as he was if we were going to have that Mm -hmm. problem with him no, I don't think he definitely has a certain level of football intelligence. And I think given the players that he's obviously surrounded himself with, with the likes of Adam Lallana, Alexis McAllister, Moises Casado, given the environment that he was in, and then obviously with national team as well, I do think that is a big, big factor in how he um, plays. And I, I think when when you watch him, you sort of think, well, how is this kid only? I think he's just turned 21. How's this kid at the time? He was only 20. Um, look so mature. And I I think that is something that will surprise a lot of people is the fact that he, he doesn't do that very often. I mean, he, he may do coming back from injury. I don't know how he's looked since his injury because we haven't seen him again. But um, prior to the injury, I don't think it's... I I think his football intelligence is just, yeah, a step above what anyone would think at his age and I suppose it's worth emphasizing with him whilst he's an Ecuadorian international this isn't a player that we're necessarily going to have problems with integrating into the English culture because he was actually an England youth international all the way through 16s 17s and 18s Uh, are you aware of his backstory no, no, no. Feel feel free because I I know I know I know what Wikipedia, FB, Ref, and Transfer Marked have told me. So he was born in Madrid as an immigrant um, from Ecuador with his parents. Um, he then moved to London when he was fifteen to play with, or sixteen. He might be sixteen to play for Charlton, and he played with Charlton, and he, that was when he was getting in the England side um, in at under seventeen, under eighteen. Did he play? Under, I don't think he played under nineteen. I think he only played up to under 18s. Um, and then he went out to Benfica because Benfica had an eye on him. He's quite a down to earth player. His parents are his managers, so he doesn't have any sort of outside influence. So his parents spoke to Benfica, and apparently Benfica had been interested before. So he went out to Benfica and he played at Benfica until uh, under 19th level. And then he joined us two seasons ago two seasons ago um and apparently Brighton had wanted him since he was a kid but there hadn't ever been an agreement um but the Brighton agreement just came at the right time and I yeah he's such a well-liked player I don't think you you'll have any issues with uh integrating him in I also um I don't know if you've seen Brighton have been doing a most likely two challenge um over the the summer series that they've been doing in the Premier League but a few of the, I think, Deserby and I think Danny Welbeck came out and said that um, who was most likely to go on The Bachelor 
and it was Jeremy Sarmiento. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that plays his character apparently, but no, I, I think that's quite funny to know. But yeah, I, with with his growing up and the way that he's been and the fact that he was an immigrant in Madrid, he wasn't often played with. Uh, with what he, I think he did an interview with Brighton actually that said that he didn't get played, but didn't get invited to play football with the other kids, and um, so he sort of learnt to be by himself. But then, as he moved across over to London, he then got integrated into the squad. And I think the reason he did end up leaving uh, Charlton was he there was something he said something happened with the manager, but he then went out to Benfica and it worked out in the end. So, yeah, I don't think you'll have any problems integrating him in. It's good to know that we've not only got a good player, but a charming one as well, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't always come across those. So that, that, that's, that's the, um, lastly, Catherine, before we, because that's a fabulous amount of information. I suppose the, the only other query that people have when, when a young player comes into the championship is how are they going to handle the physicality of it? Now, he's obviously had a, a, a couple of injuries, I think a, a knee injury th- uh, for a few weeks in August, and then obviously the metatarsal injury which of course as any anybody who's uh, followed England's world cup woes over the many years knows is a is a broken bone in in the foot um mm-hmm. so he's coming back from that but i mean in terms of his physicality and his frame he's 6 foot mm. and and it seems from watching some of the clips that that that, that i've watched that he didn't seem to struggle with the with with the physicality in the premier league he didn't seem to it didn't he didn't seem to get beat up by older statesmen as it were no <laughs> I don't <laughs> I, I don't think the physicality will be a challenge to him. However, I, I don't know coming back from an injury, obviously you don't know what's going on in a player's mind. Um if that'll sort of play tactile, all oh, the championship is a bit more physical than the Premier League. What am I gonna do about it? Like I I, I don't think it I don't think it'll be an issue. Um he's strong and he proved that he can shoulder off a player if he needs to. But again, it's I don't I don't see it being an issue but it also is a slight worry I would think just with the concerns that he's had with injuries but I think that's to be expected with anybody coming back from an injury. Wonderful. Well, thank thank you very much Catherine for for your contributions today. Um it really really insightful stuff so thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. We will be back after a short break when uh, Pete and I will have a chat about what Catherine's had to say and also have a look at the the data uh, around him and a couple of the other rumors that are swirling around West Bromwich Albion over the last couple of days. So join us after this short break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home, especially with Albion's home record under Carlos Corbran. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. 
let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Well, Pete, uh, you've heard what Catherine has got to say there about uh, Sarmiento, which all sounds extremely positive. And just to sort of dip into it and, and have a look at the data more clearly, I mean, just from the research I've done, Pete, he just seems like he's just so direct. I mean, I feel like he's going to be a breath of fresh air. I feel like he's going to be somebody that the Albion fans are just going to get so excited about just to run through a few of the numbers i mean we'd, we'd like uh, need to caveat this because um because he we're, what we're looking at here is an extremely small sample size he only played nine games in the premier league last season they totaled 169 minutes he obviously was injured from march onwards with that metatarsal injury so what we're looking at is a small sample size when we give this data. So it's not representative of a full season. And also he comes on towards the back end of games. So probably game state is a factor where players are tired, games are opening up a little bit more, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, he has 2.56 shots per 90, which would have him third only behind DK and Brandon Thomas Asante compared to us last year. He makes 5.5 progressive passes per 90, which is more than any other Albion player did last season. Swift only made 5.4 per 90. And shot-creating actions per 90, he has 5.11, which would have him second behind Swift um, at 5.34, and miles ahead of Grady at 3.78. And he also touches the ball an awful lot as well, 50 times per 90. To put that in perspective of a winger, Wallace touches the ball 47.7 times per 90 minute. So, I mean, all in all, what we are looking at is a guy who, and he also dribbles 0.7 times per game, or he completes them, which is not a lot for Brighton, but would have him fifth in our in our squad. So what you are effectively seeing is a player here that drives into offensive areas and generally either creates a shooting opportunity for somebody else, shoots himself, or tries to play a killer ball. That's pretty much what we're looking at, isn't it? Yeah, the data behind him is very exciting and everything we've heard is very exciting. As you say, he seems to be very direct, likes to get his shots off. Um, they do look like they're quite low quality, well, from low quality areas, so probably long shots. I think his actually per shot is like no point. Not five, so that's not particularly high, but but that but that could change in the championship because he's coming up coming up against lower quality defenders, and therefore he's if he's driving towards goal, he's potentially able to beat more players and get into a more threatening area. Yeah, and it's it depends whether it's because of quality or that's just kind of how he plays and kind of a habit of his, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if he's good at shooting from range um, and he gets the chance to a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, um, likes to dribble, likes to play the ball forwards, very accurate in his crossing. Um, what else can you say about his expected assist per 90? That's very high. That's, that was at 0.28 in his tiny sample size. So again, you got to take it with a pinch of salt, but. And seems to be able to cross from either side as well, Pete. I mean, because he's played on the left and the right. Um, and, and granted, he doesn't seem to have that much of a left foot on him. But when he's on the left and he needs to deliver a ball, he seems to be quite good at checking back onto his right uh, and playing an in-swinger. Yeah, which is promising. Um, obviously, you'd rather players be two-footed. But if they are mostly one-footed, then it's still useful that they can play on both sides of the pitch um, quite comfortably. And from what you hear, he can play 
both wings and um, centrally as well as a 10. And so it kind of covers a few bases in terms of um, backup for players or competition for players, however you want to see it. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how he settles and whether he settles into a starting place or a um, like a impact sub that gets a few minutes towards the end of games because, you know, everything you hear and what you can see at the minute is, you know, it's looking really promising and you want to feel able to push one of the starters out of a starting place. Well, I think, I think that's very, very likely, Pete. I mean, the, the, the word coming out is that is that Deserbi has sent him here to play. So, I think uh, I think the indication, and I, 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 from what I hear, he's an extremely highly rated talent. I mean, the only reason uh, he he was he was pretty entrenched on the on the Brighton bench up until the point where he broke his metatarsal last uh, last season. So I think there's a fairly good chance that if he hadn't missed, uh, I mean, he's he's missed football since March basically. If he hadn't missed all that football, I think. If all he was coming to the the Hawthorns to get was bench football, I think Brighton would have kept him there and done done exactly that with him at Brighton. I think they're 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 sending him to us because the indication is he's going to start, um, and I think I, I I think there's a very high likelihood he's going to start most weeks because I think we've got a high quality player here because we have basically offered to pretty much do his rehabilitation for him haven't we and i mean it was interesting when 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 i talked um last week on the pod about you know would you rather have um tom fellows or amari hutchison given that you're developing your own player in tom fellows i view this one slightly differently because amari hutchison would come to us with zero league football um with a lot of potential granted but no guarantees at all Whereas this player is coming with three games in a World Cup, granted all off the bench, but three games at a World Cup with um, 14 over two seasons Premier League appearances. So whilst not loads of minutes, some Premier League football, quite a bit of EFL Cup football as well. This this seems like an opportunity that was too good to turn down. I don't view this the same as going after Amari Hutchison, who might have all the talent in the world, but has proved nothing at this point in time in senior football. This is a guy who actually has been deemed good enough to come off the bench for Brighton in big games, at big moments in games, because his one assist last season came crossing the winner for Matoma against Bournemouth. So they obviously saw him as a game changer, as a game winner, to throw him on at that period in time to win the game against Bournemouth. And he was seen as good enough by Ecuador to throw on in three World Cup games. So I I, I think this is a, a really, really, really impressive signing, Pete. And I think this, you know, when I talked last week about do you want to bring a player who's marginally better than Tom Fellows in and hasn't really proved anything, or do you want to keep with Tom Fellows? I stand by that opinion, but I don't view Sarmiento as that. I I honestly look at this and I think, we we could potentially have another Harvey Barnes situation on our hands. And you think back to what, what Jimmy Shan said on our very pod about Harvey Barnes, where he sort of thought from the outside, why are we bringing this lad in? He's no better than what we've got. And then he saw him in the building and was just like, wow. I I think that could be the, a similar situation here. What do you think? Well, if it is, then we've got a, a very exciting player on our hands. But yeah, I think the fact that he does have minutes, CD minutes under his belt already, 
it helps and at a higher level than we're playing at um, in terms of the Premier League and the World Cup, I suppose. Um, so that's beneficial. It's, yeah, it definitely feels less. Obviously, it's still blocking the path for Tom Fellow, but it's not just for somebody that is also kind of at a similar stage in their career that they're trying to break into high-level senior football as Amari Hutchinson would be. Hutchinson would be. Um, Sarmiento's already kind of broken into the Brighton squad and um, picked up minutes. And yeah, I definitely see that as a bit different. And I think coming from Brighton is always a promise, promising thing as well because not only do they recruit so well, but they also kind of uh, nurture the players well that they've got. The development of them is always in a very good way. They seem to time the line, loans and get the loans very get right to help the players. So if they think that he's going to develop well at Albion, then you know that's I think that's a, a very good sign because they quite often quite often write about these things. I mean, you just have to look at some of the players that they've used in the first team that have previously had I think the standout one at the minute is Matoma, isn't it? And that's kind of worked perfectly for him. So if Samiento can develop at us, then with us, then yeah, I mean, it benefits us massively and it benefits him and benefits Brian. So hopefully it could be one that, you know, um, it works out for everyone. And I think the other thing is, I think we mentioned it before, that having Corbran probably helps us secure those kind of loans because we play good football football to the clubs towards the top of the Premier League that are, you know, they play this progressive kind of football. If Corbrand's similar there, then it's it's a more attractive prospect and the Bellonis out to Albion because you know that they're going to kind of learn football in a similar way. Yeah, which seems really, really positive. And also, Pete, it seems to be a bit of a burgeoning relationship between us and Brighton. Now, I don't know whether that has anything to do with the with with the Dan Ashworth connection. Obviously, he's he's moved on from there now anyway. Uh, in terms of going to going to Newcastle, so I would I would suggest not because it doesn't make any sense um, to uh, for that relationship to bear fruit post Ashworth's departure if he was the the key factor, but. We, you know, we've brought in Matt Clark from them. We've brought in Jason Malumbi from them. We've now brought in Sarmiento from them, and we've uh, we've we obviously nearly nearly brought in Alzate from them as well. And to be honest, if there's if there's one club in the Premier League in terms of a Championship club wanting to borrow young, exciting players, if there's one club you want to have a relationship with, it's Brighton, isn't it? Well, I think so because I mean, yeah, their recruitment is just excellent for these young players, and they. They get some, some very cheaply often and and then let them go out and develop for a few seasons. So if you can pick up a few of them in the next few seasons, then yeah, I think we'll definitely be happy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, Sarmiento seems to be the right sort of profile as well. It's worth it's worth mentioning as well that the guy the guy is six foot. You know, he, and um, I mean, I've I've done the I've made the cardinal sin, Pete, of uh, of when you sign a lone player of watching the YouTube compilation um, because. I mean, I always, I always go back to Yassine El Ganassi as the one that I watched the YouTube compilation of and thought, oh my goodness me, what have we signed here? Um, and then, you know, Yassine, unfortunately, it just absolutely didn't work out for him at all. But he, you know, to be fair to Sarmiento, what I'm looking at is clips from much higher profile games than, than those that I was looking at of Yassine El Ganassi. And the things that I, the, the things that I noticed was that when he drives forward, um, in these were in Premier League games as well. I, I remember, I remember in particular one clip from a game. I think it was against Everton. In fact, I'm certain it was against Everton because that was the one start he made last season in a game that Brighton won four one. Um, and he drove towards the penalty area, and I think it was Alex Awobi is trying to is trying to stop him, and he just he just shrugs him off. So he. 
I mean, whilst his body is probably not fully developed and that goes some way to explain a couple of injuries, he's obviously had the metatarsal injury, which we hope he's fully recovered from. He had a minor knee injury in August uh, as well last year. That physically, in terms... Because you sometimes worry when these players come into senior football... Are they going to be able to mix it? Because uh, because you are gonna you are gonna come up against some big bad centre halves and big bad fullbacks in, in in the championship who are not going to pull any punches with you. But I don't th- I don't see Sarmiento being scared and intimidated by any of that. I think he's got the physicality to cope, don't you, Pete? Yeah, it seemed that way. I mean, it definitely helps helps having um, the senior football experience as well. It's not like he's coming straight from from kids football and doesn't know what to expect he's had minutes in the Premier League he's played internationally he's yeah it's I don't think it's going to be a shock to him when he comes up against some of the defenders that are going to um maybe start to try and kick lumps out of him if he if he does take him on and is as direct as we think he's going to be um but yeah so hopefully that experience kind of uh you know it helps him helps him settle into the league and it means that he's not scared to do what he does best and, and be very direct and yeah, I mean, I have to say as well. Sometimes when when you sign these sorts of players, you get you you get a bit of a a mixed view of uh, of them from people who've seen them play. Because I mean, uh, it's it's not it's not a surprise that you know I've not seen a lot of Sarmiento. I don't think you have either. But I mean, we've already heard what Catherine had to say from from a Brighton point of view. But for those who aren't aware, Sarmiento's international background is actually that um, he played through the England youth levels, um, under 16s, under 17s and under 18s for England before deciding to become an Ecuadorian international. So... I, I mean, I I just messaged a few of my a few of my pals who used to work at uh, at the FA and have seen the youth teams over the, over the years, and everything that came back from them was glowing. I mean, they were genuinely surprised we've got him, but it's obviously the injury that has led to us getting him. And I've seen I've I've spoken to other Brighton fans who have nothing but positive things to to say about him. I had a couple of messages last night when when we signed him um, from them, giving glowing reports as well. And at some point, Pete, there's there's no uh, there's there's no there's no smoke without fire, as the saying goes. If you if you hear enough good things about somebody, surely at least some of them have got to be true. Yeah, and these are people that know a lot more about them than than you and I. So yeah, if you keep hearing positive things from Brighton fans and, and people that have worked with them, then hopefully everything that we're seeing in the data and that you've seen on the YouTube clips is is true and. If it is the case, then we've got a very exciting player and should be very um, beneficial for us next season. Um, it does make you wonder, is he in to replace Grant? Is he just back up to Swift or um, will we see a departure of a winger? Well, that brings me to my next question, Pete. I mean, d- uh, is this heralding the departure of Grady D and Garner? And if it is... How do we how do we view that? I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in Grady's quality. I think anybody who listens to this podcast regularly knows what you and I think of Grady Dean Garner. We love him. We we really rate him, and we also think that by some he is horribly underrated, and that and, and that a lot of what he do does and did last season, more specifically, I, he didn't have a good season under Valerian Ishmael. I don't think anybody anybody is going to try and sugarcoat that but it wasn't the right system for him I felt last season I don't know why it flew so much under the radar 
how well he played when he played, possibly because he never really got a consistent run in the team for a number of reasons, whether it was the manager, whether it was um, whether it was due to other people in front of him playing exceptionally well, such as Matt Phillips, or whether it was just the total bad luck of when he did get his regular starting place getting injured. But I think he was horribly underrated by a lot of Albion fans last season. So I don't think we doubt his quality, but it's also worth recognising that this is a period for Albion where we need to cut our cloth accordingly. We need to get the wage bill down. We need to bring in transfer fees where we can. And the latest link with Grady seems to be to Crystal Palace um, as a direct replacement with uh, for Zaha, which makes a degree of sense because Palace have not been particularly shy about shopping in the championship in recent years, whether it's people like Michael Alise or Averici Eze. And let's be fair, they've done pretty well in turning those players into Premier League footballers. So I think you can see why the link is there. Obviously, Grady has a lot of love for London. A lot of the reports you hear are that he missed it a lot when he first came to came to West Bromwich Albion. And I can't imagine for the life of me, he would be averse to going back. I think whilst he would be a big loss, Pete, I think given the amount of money we would save in wages and hopefully the lump sum we could bring in in a transfer fee, because I wouldn't imagine we'd give him away. At the very least, I would want the remaining payments that we owe on Grady paid off by any transfer fee. I don't think we're going to get anything near what we paid for him, but we we at least need to get what we owe on him, which I honestly don't know how much that is, but I, I would imagine it's still a fair bit. And we would save a substantial amount in wages over the remainder of his contract. I think it's a deal that could easily end up working out for everybody. Palace get a player that um, that they can develop, and they've been very good at developing players over the last few years for a very reasonable price. We get somebody who is something of a burden on the wage bill off, and we get, we get his remaining... Um, uh, transfer fee paid off, which again is something of a uh, of, of a burden hanging over us a little bit. And Grady gets to go back to the Premier League and go back to London. Uh, I I think it's one that could end up working for everybody, even if we do lose a very very good player in the process. Yeah, you know I love him, but um, we're in a a different kind of um, we're in a different place than we were when we signed him. And sometimes you do have to get the the big earners off the books, and somebody that's probably got a bit of bit of value to him as well so you'd hope hope to get a bit of a fee um i think if he played regularly then you'd have one of the the best players in the division there and he's extremely exciting to watch and he's had him in the last couple of years he's, he's more of a goal threat than he used to be i think he gets into gets into the box more often and kind of finds areas to to get shots off that he maybe didn't when we first had him and it is you know it's important to to note that kind of at the start of last season he was quite low on confidence after the Ishmael stint and probably didn't help his performances to start off with I think that confidence grew and we started to see just how good he is but like you say he's developed um, physically as well hasn't he since he yeah, came exactly. to the club and he's, he's other, a different animal the other big thing that we always mention is defensively he always puts the work in as well he's not he's definitely not lazy on that side of his game which um, you know wingers can often be accused of um, so it's I think he's very a very talented player and a very hard-working one as well. So, obviously one that you want in your team. But if a Premier League team comes knocking and um, offers some money and offers to take, take his wages, then I don't think we can really say, say no to it with the position that we're in financially. 
No, and and the defensive side of things is something that obviously Roy Hodgson will appreciate as well because he doesn't just want his his, his wide men going going one way. Um, two more things to quickly cover, Pete. Um, one more transfer link before we get into the, the the link around ownership, and I think we'll be fairly quick on this one. Jack Colback um, linked to, to us and a number of other championship clubs, Ipswich included. Seems like us and Ipswich seem to be fishing in the same ponds this summer because we seem to be getting linked to similar players. Although they will blow us out the water financially if they if we go toe to toe with them for anybody. It's not one I understand. Uh, uh, if if there is anything in it, I don't really understand the logic of it. If unless there was to be outgoings, I appreciate he could play left back, but then so could Adam Reach. I I, I would I would rather we went for a for a younger, more mobile, and probably more naturalized left back if we were going to add a backup left back to the to the squad in terms of central central midfield at present with the options that we have i don't see that i really don't see we need anyone in there we've got we've got malumbi we've got yakoslu we've got Moat, we've got chalaber because his deal to maccabi tel aviv does not particularly look like it's going to happen and we've got taylor gardner hickman as well and you could even drop john swift a little bit deeper and play sarmiento in the in the 10 as well so i just for the life of me don't really see I'm 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 not sure there's anything in that link and if there is unless Corbrand's got a clear plan for him which I'm sure he would have if we brought him in I don't understand the, the logic behind it no it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me and definitely doesn't inspire me either so um hopefully at the minute it's, it's one that I'd hope wouldn't go through um the only thing you can say he definitely has is a lot of experience and would add a bit of seniority to the team but I mean, I think we got that anyway with Chalibur and scores from crosses as well. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. I think so did Matt Phillips against them once. He did indeed, yeah. Against Forest. But yeah, it's we've got Chalibur, we've got Moat, Yakuzlu, I mean Swift, they're all they're all quite experienced players, so it's not I don't think it's a midfield that's crying out for any seniority. I think we've already got that covered there, so I'm not entirely sure what exactly he would bring if he was signed. And then lastly, Pete, um, a, a link made uh, in the Daily Mail yesterday to um, a potential new owner of the football club. Um, I'm, I'm a, my apologies to anybody who is a French native if, uh, that, that I might butcher the pronunciation of uh, Fred Chesney. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to assume it's it's pronounced like that um i mean he's being described as a crypto investor although i've uh through a company called blockchain although i've seen a number of people come on and 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 say that that is a very crude description of what he does and doesn't fairly reflect him because obviously you say crypto and it it just sets a lot of alarm bells ringing for a lot of people he's obviously attached to atari as well it's very hard at this stage to say whether there's anything in in that. I know uh, Action for Albion is certainly scrambling around to try and find some answers and find out whether or not there is there is there is more in that uh, than than meets the eye. What I would say, having done a little bit of research into the guy, it's very hard to say whether or not he would be good for the club or not because he has he he has no real history in in sport uh, managing sports clubs or football clubs or anything like that he's obviously a a distinguished businessman but then there's a lot of those out there whether that translates to a football club is a whole other question I think the one thing that we can say fairly certain though if if his net worth is anything to go by Pete is that if he was to push this deal forward I think it's probably unlikely that he would be the 
sole owner of the football club. He's not. He, he's he, he's not got the uh, from what you read on the internet. And I I apologise to uh, Mr. Chesney if this doesn't fully represent uh, his his wealth because obviously the internet can be full of um, uh, lies damn lies and statistics unfortunately but from what you read on the internet he doesn't seem to have the kind of ridiculous money that you would need as a as a as an individual to buy a football club of our level outright I would be I would imagine he would be part of a wider package if this deal was to push forward so it's hard to say a lot on him, but I mean, what do you think about that? And is it just positive purely on the basis that people are starting or reportedly starting to show interest in the football club and potentially wheels are starting to move in the direction that we want them to move in terms of the ownership? Yeah, can't really say much on, on that. I mean, the one thing you can always say is that I can't imagine it'll get much worse than live, but it probably could, so... But as we've said that. before, we can't, we can't, even, even, even if it doesn't get any worse, Pete, we can't afford a sideways move at this stage, can we? No, exactly. You do want somebody that's better. And, you know, there's always going to be at least 10 rubbish owners for each good one out there. So, um, all you can say is if it does, if there is anything in it, then you'd hope he'd be better. Um, but, you know, you can't get any guarantees there. With the consortium thing, there's, I mean, that tends to be the, the way that these new um, bids for clubs go at the minute. I think it's quite rare that you see just a, a single person taking ownership of a football club. It's quite often a consortium. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what, what develops from that. You never really know, do you, if it's going to be good until, until it happens. Absolutely. So we wait and see on that particular one. But uh, that, that is it for today from uh, Albion Analysis from this uh, uh, slightly... Um, we we uh, an episode we weren't necessarily planning to do, but geez, we've waited so long for a signing this summer that how could we turn down the opportunity to talk about Jeremy Samiento? Which so that's exactly what we've jumped on and done. But it doesn't change our plans for the rest of this week. We will, of course, be back. Um, I believe we're recording on Sunday. Um, to uh, preview the 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 new season and offer our predictions and everything. So please. Join us then for another episode of Albion Analysis. But until then, thanks for listening and up the baggies. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Albion have certainly been sharing the goals around this season. They're well into double figures now for different championship goal scorers. So why not take a leaf out of their book and do some sharing of your own with a McNugget share box? Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.